Tonight's talk is called Life at the Edge. Seems like quite a dramatic title. (laughs) But I think for all of us, there are times when we find ourselves at an edge. There are times when we find ourselves deeply challenged in a place where we might be hitting the edge of what seems acceptable, what seems possible, what seems bearable. And our practice is really to help take us to these edges, to help take us to the territory in the mind that we may commonly in our lives shy away from, where even in our practice, as we practice, we can find that we want to stay within our own comfort zone. We may find through concentration there comes a peacefulness, a calmness, and through that, through this deepening concentration, we start to push away anything that challenges that. We start to, you know, uh, in a sense, almost tranquilize the mind so that it's non-reactive. But that non-reactivity is not through wisdom. It's through a very conditioned state where concentration does temporarily put the mind at peace, at ease, at rest, but only so long as the concentration is strong. We find in our lives that we will also, too, at times, really try to live within the comfort zone. And when we do this, we find that there becomes a deadening to the way that we live. There comes a rigidity a way in which we compartmentalize our lives so that we stay within this comfort zone. But our practice is to challenge this so that we can find a deeper happiness that is not conditioned, not based upon things being a certain way. I've noticed in my own practice that as I practice and learn the mechanics of meditation, that there is this tendency to want to stay safe, to want to stay stay peaceful and calm. And so sometimes really needing to be alert to this tendency in the mind that wants to become comfortable, that gets complacent, that isn't challenging ourselves. Because our practice is not to deaden us, not to become an anesthetic to life. Our practice is to help us find the deepest peace, to find freedom, to find a freedom that is there no matter what is going on, no matter what is happening. A way of challenging ourselves, a way of 
being on this edge is to really look into the face of difficulty, to not shy away, to not back away, but to look at it in a way that brings us close, that helps us to know, have a felt sense of what the experience is, a way that helps us to explore, to understand what is happening, where it seems unbearable, uncomfortable, where there is this dis-ease with our experience. I think life at the edge has had great interest for me in, uh, you know, just in the past year, where two of my own teachers had sa- have said to me at different times, the first Utejaniya, uh, the teacher I practiced, practiced with in Burma, he was talking about himself and saying, whenever I have a weak point, I want to challenge myself, look a bit closer, have an interest in this weak point. And then this was um, this idea of really paying attention when we're at an edge was reinforced by speaking to a, a Tibetan teacher, Minja Rinpoche. And he was saying to me that wherever we are most challenged, this is the best place for practice. we'll find that our edges come in different forms. You know, it could have been an edge for some of us, just leaving home, leaving the comfort of our homes, the security, the control that we feel like we have in our own home. Coming here may feel like an edge just in being here. It may be an edge as each day we go to have a meal, and maybe we have habits around eating that are not so helpful, that cause suffering. And every time we go through that food line, we're confronted with these habits of mind. We might find an edge as we touch into memories from the past. Maybe we're at a time where we felt like we were victimized by someone in life. And it's scary to touch into that memory. It could be throughout the course of a day. Just to keep going is an edge where we might feel lazy, apathy. And each time we hit that place of laziness, we find ourselves floundering. Or it might be an edge when we encounter restlessness, the agitated mind, the mind that just keeps moving, jumping, not really connecting with experience, and it feels relentless, and we feel like we're just going to scream when we find ourselves touching into this restlessness. An edge can be opening to calmness, a calm we've never known before. And within that calmness, there might come moments of panic, as if everything is disappearing. Or it might be an edge to be in the silence. And we have this sense of, we just want to fill up the silence. 
You know, we might not be able to do it externally, so the mind just chatters away. We often find with these edges, we'll hit the edge and it will become fearful. And because it's unknown, because it might be unexplored terrain, we fall back into a habit of mind where we feel safer, more secure. We might fall back into doubt, the doubting mind, which disconnects, which tends to think about, analyze the experience, but from a distance. We might fall back into worry, another way where we're just thinking about what's going on. And our worry might be a really comfortable habit, although we don't like it. It might be what's known to us. You know, we can find within suffering itself, we become comfortable because it's known and it feels like a more secure place to be than when we have the sense that we don't know something, when we're touching into a place of uncontrollability, which can be fearful. So we fall back into something that feels comfortable. But if we can learn how to be on this edge, how to explore this terrain, it opens up space in our lives. It helps us to gain a trust and confidence in our practice. A confidence that helps us to be able to open to whatever comes our way. And this comes from this willingness to use whatever arises in our practice as practice. To not think our practice has to unfold in a certain way. That when there's calmness, when there's peace, then we'll open to things. But in a moment of fear, to know this is the place of practice. And it doesn't mean that we can wait until we're ready for that fear. This is what life has given us in this moment to work with. For whatever reasons, this is what's here now. And we learn to trust ourselves to be able to stay steadfast, present, to be able to open to, inquire into this experience. Somehow this image of life on the edge today reminded me of the first time I went kayaking in the ocean. And it was not kayaking on flat water. I was surfing waves. And this was off the coast of Vancouver Island and went to this place called Long Beach. And it was a wild day on Long Beach. And I'd never surfed 
I've never even been on a boogie board, you know, just a little board you could clutch onto. And here I found myself in this kayak. And, you know, the kayak's enclosed around you. And, and there's these big waves coming in. I was pretty afraid as I paddled out. And, you know, but I, what, I, at that point in my life, I used the outdoors to bring a lot, you know, sense of vitality into my life. Um, it was the place that I, way I knew to challenge myself. And so on this day, I was paddling out, and then there starts coming this huge, what seemed like a huge wave. And I was looking at it and going, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> and then the thought in my mind was, you've just got to go for it. And so, you know, what did that mean? That meant having to kind of turn the kayak around and then putting the um, paddle right into the heart of that wave. You know, there was a moment of complete terror as I did it, but it was that sense of just turning around and facing it and diving right into it. And sometimes this is... um, I mean, that could have been a foolish courageousness, but this, this quality of just diving into our experience, really just turning and facing our experience, this is a courageousness of heart we can draw upon. And it doesn't have to be foolish. It can be held by wisdom. It can be held by that voice of wisdom that knows we have the capacity to touch into any challenge that life brings us. That we can bring in this power of awareness. This power of awareness that can help us find refuge within anything that is happening. We will find within our practice that the edges naturally appear. We do need to watch out for the mind that is complacent, that tries to stay safe and secure. But if we really practice with diligence, if we really are investigating this body-mind experience, these edges will naturally appear. We don't need to be forceful in finding these edges. You know, the Buddha, before he was a Buddha, did actually do practices that took the mind to the edge. You know, he did some very um, harsh practices where he went for long periods of time fasting, living only on a grain of rice. He went for long periods of time without sleep. But he found this wasn't helpful. This wasn't necessary. That one could walk the middle path and find the middle way. And that we do this when we just have this uh, moment-to-moment mindfulness of our experience and pay close attention Because when we pay close attention, we will come face to face with impermanence. 
we will have moments where we touch deeply into the truth of impermanence. And this will wake us up out of complacency. We will have moments when we touch deeply into the depths of suffering. And when we feel that pain, we will reach edges with it. We will reach edges where we feel like we just can't bear it. We will feel like we need to pull away. But these edges can be the place of inquiry, investigation, to know what is the limitation here. What is it that the mind is binding to that it says, I can't do it. I can't face this. It's too much. I can't go there. What's happening right here? The courageousness that we call upon in order to meet these moments is not that of tightening, pushing, forcing. That will only intensify in an unhelpful way. Nor is the courageousness through a distancing, an indifference to these experience. The courageousness that we call upon comes from an openness of heart, a vulnerability, a willingness to sit in the unknown, even though it may be uncomfortable. This vulnerability has within it a tenderness, a caring. It wants to know, wants to understand. It's where there's a real willingness of heart and mind to put down our fixed ideas and concepts of the way things are because we see the limitation in that. And instead, we bring the mind right into the experience. Knowing, connecting, probing, sensing into the experience seeing what's happening. What's the mind doing? Is there reactivity? Is there thoughts that are exacerbating the experience? 
where does the mind move to? You know, so if it's moved, if there was this, this hitting of the edge, and it moves back into a habit of doubt, watching that movement of mind just keep staying with where the mind moves. Seeing if there can be a sense of relaxing within this. Relaxing within agitation. Relaxing within anger. Relaxing within fear. I'd like to share something I... uh, recently heard that came from a program on NPR radio. It's a program called This I Believe. And this comes from a man named Phil Powers. He is the executive director of the American Alpine Club. He says, when I was 19, I learned something called the rest step from an old mountain climber named Paul Petzold. He advised me to rest in the middle of each step, completely but briefly. And the rest step, which I still practice today, allows me to walk or climb with little effort. I can move very quickly, yet still find a pause in every step. It seems kind of contrary to have this rest step within movement. But it's there. In a, on a grosser level, we can introduce it. In a moment of anger, pause. Take a breath. Connect. It really comes through connecting without efforting, without pushing, without forcing. We connect through the knowing of our experience. There's mindfulness, that coolness of mind. It's a sense of pausing, resting. I came across this being expressed in a few different ways today, if I have them with me. Let's see. And I I find that each of these sequences gets more refined and more embodying of understanding of what can happen with this rest within experience. So this next one is from T.S. Eliot. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards. At the still point, there the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement. And do not call it fixity, where past and future are gathered, neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent nor decline. Except for the point, the still point, there would be no dance, and there is only the dance. So seeing if we can relax into this rest, within the dance, 
within all of the turmoil that we experience at the edge. This next one that I'm going to share comes from the Buddha. And it, we hear about this rest, pause, the still point. But when the still point comes from understanding, it comes between because, because within this field, you know, this turmoil that's happening in the mind, the identification lets go. And this is what leads us to the real still point. He says, the Buddha says, For one who clings, motion exists. But for one who clings not, there is no motion. Where no motion is, there is stillness. Where stillness is, there is no craving. Where no craving is, there is neither coming nor going. Where no coming nor going is, there is neither arising nor passing away. Where neither arising nor passing away is, there is neither this world nor a world beyond, nor any place between the two. This, in truth, is the end of suffering. Within the turmoil that we experience at an edge. It's where we can look and see, come to understand how this identification is happening, happening, how this becoming, how this sense of I is creating the sense of motion. We may may not always be at that deepest level of understanding. So needing to find how it is we can remain present, not check out in these places, can be remembering to take a breath, becoming mindful, using mindfulness as the refuge, being interested in what's happening here. Interested in a way that the mind stays open, receptive, looking, inquiring. in these moments to remember to be with just this moment. So many times when we're on this edge, we start projecting into the future this experience, and it becomes unbearable. Needing to see what the experience is right now. 
opening in the next moment. There was a time in my life when I became very sick and I often thought that I was going to die. It felt like death was close at hand. At this time, I worked in an office where there was a file cabinet. And a lot of the work that I did was based upon just filing these little index cards, filing them alphabetically. What I found I could do at this time was go through and file these cards looking from letter to letter. And what I felt like was happening was that looking from A, B to A, the letters A, B, and then the next one, A, B, C, that was my lifeline to the moment. That, and I just kept following from letter to letter to letter. And that much could be managed. But if I tried to jump to the future, jump too far, it couldn't be managed. But by staying present, really present in this moment, and just finding that link to the next moment, this could be managed. This was bearable. But if my mind wandered, fear came, anticipation. So in these moments on the edge, just being with the experience moment by moment. Our courageousness of heart is supported by faith. Having faith in the practice, having faith in our innate wisdom, wisdom that we often turn our backs upon, but through our practice, we come to touch into moments when wisdom is present. Moments when the power of awareness is strong, where we have the capacity to be with our experience. And in doing so, we might see things in a whole new way. Each of us in being here has probably, through our practice, had moments where we came into contact with the strength of heart. Many times when we first come to practice, there's something that happens, some experience that we have where we recognize this wisdom in our minds. And it inspires us in our practice. It helps us to have confidence. Sometimes our courageousness will be supported by remembering 
that we have faced past difficulties, that we have had the capacity to be steadfast, persevering in the face of challenges. Sometimes we might need to call upon something we've heard from another, some understanding, some voice of wisdom that will just help to give the mind the steadiness to be present. It could be in a moment where it's feeling like some aspect of pain is relentless, ongoing. It feels so permanent as if it will always be this way. And we remember even intellectually the truth of impermanence. That all conditioned things are subject to change. And with that memory of that, it can help the mind to soften. So it's not so tightly involved in the experience. It's not so identified with the perception that this is permanent. It helps bring in a little bit of spaciousness. Faith helps us to find a courageousness that comes from within, that's not manufactured. A faith that gets strengthened as we access wisdom. Our wisdom helps us to see what is helpful, what is wholesome, and what just leads to more suffering. Sometimes we'll hit edges and there will be this courageousness, willingness of heart to be there. And the edge, whatever the contraction of heart has been, releases. We have a sense as if it's been worked through. And then it might appear sometime later. And this sense of, I've been there. I don't need to go there. And there can be a subtle pushing it away, not wanting to face it again. But each time these edges appear, they need to be faced with the freshness of heart and mind. They need to be faced in a way that is new, that again listens, opens to. Who knows why it's coming back? But if we pay attention, we might come to understand something of this in a new, deeper way. At first, our edges might be quite gross. As we practice, they might become more refined subtle. 
however they appear, that willingness to be with, inquire. Looking throughout the course of your day, noticing where the mind says, I can't do this. I won't go there. Noticing where it can be so quick to pull away from that which is challenging. Learning to use whatever happens in our experience. It's part of the uniqueness that we each have in our unfolding. The heart unbinds uniquely for each one of us. And this is because of karma. But the specific ways in which the mind gets caught Noticing what are the patterns there. It might be that we dive into the experience, the sense of coming very close to it, and then the mind jumps away. Just follow the movement of the mind, needing to watch the should that comes into the mind. I should be able to be with this. That's not the unfolding. How's it unfolding? What's there? There's nothing that's wrong in your experience. There just needs to be awareness of it. Seeing what helps to be steady, what helps to be present. Seeing what is known, understood, This is how we can come to know our own minds, hearts. This is how we can find freedom, understanding.
being at this edge moment by moment. Is there this place of stillness, this pause, mindfulness, knowing? And pulled into the turmoil, knowing this, the unfolding nothing wrong being where you are just where you are being with complete simplicity. Trusting in your innate wisdom. Let's just sit for a moment. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.